Junior Aspirin Podcast, Episode 15, Explaining Gentrification. is a dynamic that emerges in poor urban areas when residential shifts, urban planning, and other phenomena affect the composition of a neighborhood. Urban gentrification often involves population migration as 
poor residents of a neighborhood are displaced. In a community undergoing gentrification, the average income increases, the average family size decreases. This generally results in the displacement of the poorer pre-gentrification residents who are unable to pay increased rents and property taxes or afford real estate. Often old industrial buildings are converted to residences and shops. New businesses, which can afford increased commercial rent, cater to a more affluent base of consumers, further increasing the appeal to higher income migrants and decreasing the accessibility to the poor. Often resident owners unable to pay the taxes are forced to sell their residences and move to cheaper communities.
Urban decay is the process whereby a previously functioning city, or part of a city, falls into disrepair and decrepitude. It may feature deindustrialization, depopulation or changing population, economic restructuring, abandoned buildings, high local unemployment, fragmented families, political disenfranchisement, crime and a desolate, inhospitable city landscape. There's a place where lovers go To cry their troubles away And they call it Where the broken hearts Slaughter 
Religion isn't. That's where it is. State your position. Vacancies exist in an ex-certificate exercise. Ex-servicemen excrete. Keith Joseph smiles and a baby dies in a box on Beasley Street. From the boarding houses and the bedsits full of accidents and fleas. Somebody gets it where the missing persons freeze. Wearing dead men's overcoats, you can't see their feet. A rift joint shuts, opens upright down on Beasley Street. Cars collide, colours clash, disaster movie stuff For a man with a Fu Manchu moustache, revenge is not enough There's a dead canary on a swivel seat, there's a rainbow in the road Meanwhile on Beasley Street, silence is the code An inspector calls Where the perishing stink of squalor Impregnates the walls The rats have all got rickets They spit through broken teeth The name of the game is not cricket Caught out on Beasley Street The hipster and his hired hat Drive a borrowed car Yellow socks and a pink cravat Nothing loudy dare OAP, mother-to-be Watch the three B sweets When shit-stopper drains and crocodile skis Are seen on Beasley Street The kingdom of the blind a one-eyed man is king Beauty problems are redefined The doorbells do not ring A light bulb bursts like a blister The only form of heat Where a fellow sells his sister Down a river on Beasley Street The boys are on the wagon the girls are on the shelf Their common problem is That they're not someone else The dirt blows out The dust blows in You can't keep it neat It's a fully furnished dustbin 16 Beasley Streets Vince the aging savage Betrays no kind of life But the smell of yesterday's cabbage And the ghost of last year's wife Through a constant haze of deodorant sprays He says retreats Alsatians dot the dirty days Down the middle of Beasley streets People turn to poison quick as lager 
Nature turns to this Sweethearts are physically sick Every time they kiss It's a sociologist paradise Each day repeats Uneasy, cheesy, greasy, queasy Beastly, beastly streets Eyes dead as vicious fish Look around for laughs If I could have just one wish I would be a photograph On a permanent Monday morning Get lost or fall asleep When the yellow cats are yawning Around the back of Beasley Streets Another characteristic of urban decay is blight. Visual, psychological and physical effects of living among empty lots, buildings and condemned houses. Such desolate properties are socially dangerous to the community because they attract criminals and street gangs, contributing to the volume of crime. Urban decay has no single cause. It results from combinations of interrelated socio-economic conditions. Well, here I am, right back where I was yesterday, the day before and the day before that. Sitting on a high bar stool, holding my dreams up to the sound of jazz music. I live uptown, where I don't exactly know, but I'm always downtown. And it seems I'm always with the blues. I talk to myself in public places and hum jazz tunes. I love jazz, but soon I have to make it uptown to that old furnished room of mine. I guess that's why I stalled so long downtown. But I like the cafe bars down here, especially the ones across the streets from theaters. I once wanted to be on the stage, but this is the closest I'll ever get to one. I couldn't afford a seat next to the ceiling. That was jazz music you heard blasting out. Now I've got 15 cents between me and starvation and I'll probably have to walk all the way uptown because I'm playing that music again. You see, I love jazz music. It's pretty music, boy. Pretty, but it ain't really pretty. It ain't like girls in magazines. It's beautiful. It's terribly beautiful, man. Say like a woman you might have been with last night. Or say an hour ago. Reminds me of that old building I live in. My room looking out over Holland's waters. 
Now catch this. Dig. Just like my mother said, don't cause nothing to wish, Jack. Now here comes old Bob with a mouth full of jive. I know he's coming right here. Yeah, I hear you talking, Jim. No company tonight, man. No, my record machine is in the pawn shop. Man, talk, stop talking so loud before you wake my landlady up and she remembers I haven't paid my rent in three weeks. Oh, man, who cares? to die a hundred years during the night. And I wonder about that, Jack. Yes, I wonder. Like how I ever got here, because I don't have any plans of dying that fast. I guess I'm the only man in the world who wakes up to jazz music in the morning. Well, I guess. I can't say exactly why, but I kind of find it solemn, like a hymn. You know, I had to prove that to my mother when I was back home and I woke up in the morning time digging sounds. Moms didn't dig, she just didn't go for it. Birds, mouths, and max, she couldn't see it. Morning, afternoon, night, or any time. That is, until I played us some monk one night late. Around about midnight time, I played her some monk. Thelonious, that is. And now mom spends many of her nights in Tunisia.
Sometimes I'm laughing and having myself a ball. And that's why Bob keeps telling me that the blues ain't all up there in my old room. But sometimes it dances and struts like a woman, skips and hops like children playing ball. And maybe that's why I always manage to change once in a while, even with the blues. And whether I like it or not, I love the idea of living, man. And sometimes it's tough, man, and I don't mean tough like when Miles is grooving with his horn. I mean tough like when I can't make that morning meal, when I'm ducking the landlady, when everything I have is in hock. Like when I think, when I think about all the places I haven't been and won't ever likely get there. But I think maybe I will. Yes, that's the way I think. Like the song said, the sun gonna shine in my back door someday all the way down to the bottom of my stomach and up again, that's the way I feel. Pretty man, but not pretty. Beautiful like a woman, a real woman. Historians say that gentrification took place in ancient Rome and in Roman Britain, where large villas were replacing small shops by the 3rd century AD. The word gentrification derives from gentry, which comes from the old French word gentrise of gentle birth, and people of gentle birth. In England, landed gentry denoted the social class, consisting of gentlemen. 
An early reference to the word gentrification can be found in Memoirs and Proceedings of the Manchester Literary and Philosophical Society, written in 1888. British sociologist Ruth Glass coined the term gentrification in 1964 to describe the influx of middle-class people displacing lower-class worker residents in urban neighbourhoods. Her example was London and its working-class districts such as Islington. One by one, many of the working-class neighbourhoods of London have been invaded by the middle classes, upper and lower. Shabby, modest mews and cottages, two rooms up and two down, have been taken over when their leases have expired and have become elegant, expensive residences. Once this process of gentrification starts in a district, it goes on rapidly until all or most of the original working-class occupiers are displaced and the whole character of the district is changed. All the eggs chase the bacon from the frying pan And the whining dog pigeons by the steeple below And the dogs dip the garbage bears over last night And there's always construction work
carrying whole walls away from inside houses, pointing the brickwork, painting the fronts, taking long speculative lunch hours in the pub, while Nigel and Pamela and Jeremy and Nicola made flying spot checks in their Renaults and Citroëns. The leaves on the trees grew greener. Old absentee landlords suddenly started to take an unprecedented interest in the lives of their tenants, shaking their heads gloomily at the absence of bathrooms and the damp patches and the jags of falling plaster, and suggesting that the tenant would be better off by far in a spit council flat in Finsbury Park. For every signboard advertising vacant possession, there had been a fighting game, alternately wheedling and vicious. Some landlords locked their tenants out of the lavatories, some hired thugs in pinstripe suits, some reported their own properties to the council as being unfit for habitation. Many offered straight cash bribes, a going rate for eviction of 200 quid, a large sum to tenants, but one that was a fraction of the rising monthly value of the property.
downtown to be near my friends I wanna be close to them but still be out by the trees in the wind Having both will be hard to find I'm sure But then ain't that the way of the world I want the city but I want Be with my friends by the fire and the starlight But I want music, music in my night Yes, I want to buy Hoffman music scene And I want to pick from 10 or 15 I want the city, but I want the country that attempt to explain the roots and the reasons behind the spread of gentrification. Bruce London and J. John Palin compiled a list of five explanations. One, demographic ecological. Two, socio-cultural. Three, political economical. Four, community networks. And five, social movements. Sociologist Sharon Zukin links gentrification to a desire for a more authentic urban experience. She writes, the desire for an authentic urban experience began as a reaction to the urban crisis of the 1960s when American cities were routinely described as hopeless victims of a fatal disease. They were losing their more affluent and ethnically whiter families to the suburbs. Public schools, parks and streets were shoddy and uncontrollable. Elected officials worried about the growing budget gap between the services they were required to provide and the taxes they could collect from a poorer population and a disastrous perception gap between the central city's image of glamour and sophistication and neighbourhoods that were being abandoned by landlords, residents and businesses. To speak of a city being authentic at all may seem absurd, especially in a global capital such as New York. Neither people nor buildings have a chance to accumulate the patina of age. Most residents are not born there, neither do they live in the same house for generations, and the physical fabric of the city is constantly changing around them. In fact, all over the world, Manhattanization signifies everything in a city that is not thought to be authentic. High-rise buildings that grow taller every year. Dense crowds where nobody knows your name. 
high prices for inferior living conditions and intense competition to be in style. Lately though, authenticity has taken on a different meaning that has little to do with origins and a lot to do with style. The concept has migrated from a quality of people to a quality of things, and most recently to a quality of experiences. Whether it's real or not then, authenticity becomes a tool of power. Any group that insists on the authenticity of its own tastes in contrast to others can claim moral superiority. But a group that imposes its own taste on urban space, on the look of a street, say, or the feeling of a neighbourhood, can make a claim to that space that displaces long-time residents. To be sure, a group that can afford to pay higher rents can also be reasonably sure their claim will win. Artists displace manufacturers and live work lots, and are displaced in turn by lawyers and media moguls who buy these lofts as luxury condos. A gourmet cheese store or quirky coffee bar replaces a check cashing service or takeout food shop and is in turn displaced by a chain store that pays many thousands of dollars each month for that location. But this power over space is not just financial. Even more important, it's cultural power. New tastes displace those of long-time residents because they can reinforce the image in politicians' rhetoric of growth, making the city a 24-7 entertainment zone with safe, clean, predictable space and modern, upscale neighbourhoods.
Just as critical to the gentrification process as creating a favourable environment is the availability of the gentry, or those who will be the first stage gentrifiers. The typical gentrifiers are affluent and have a professional level service industry job, many of which involve self-employment. Therefore, they are willing and able to take the investment risk in the housing market. Often they're single people or young couples without kids who lack demand for good schools. Gentrifiers are likely searching for inexpensive housing close to the workplace, and often already reside in the inner city, sometimes for educational reasons, and do not want to make the move to suburbia. Thus, gentrification is not so much a result of a return to the inner city, but is more of a positive action to remain there. Stereotypical gentrifiers also have shared consumer preferences and favour a largely consumerist culture. This requires the rapid expansion of trendy restaurants, shopping, and entertainment spheres that often accompany the gentrification process. Holcomb and Beauregard described these groups as those who are attracted by low prices and toleration of an unconventional lifestyle.
lot of great stuff out there. There's a lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff out there, out there where the stuff lives. Sometimes stuff isn't enough. Sometimes stuff can be overlooked. You wanted more, but more wasn't enough out there, you know, out there where the stuff lives. Can I help you with this stuff? Can I help you with the stuff? Towing the line with you, towing the line with you. To the left and right of stuff. There's a lot of great stuff out there. Have you had enough? Had enough of the stuff? To the left and right of stuff. There's a lot of great stuff out there. A lot of great stuff. Sometimes stuff isn't enough. Sometimes stuff can be overlooked. He wanted more, but more wasn't enough out there. Zukin argues that artists are still the canaries in the mine of gentrification, testing a marginal neighbourhood to see if they can develop viable forms of life there. Artists are often conflated with hipsters. Musician and writer Jace Clayton notes that the question of the hipster is more frequently answered with tongue-in-cheek jokes or irony, which also prevents a useful conversation from emerging, especially in the gentrification debate. Artists, not hipsters, are gentrification's shock troops. And in many cases, before the artists think to move in, the children of a neighbourhood's original residents are the ones who first start tinkering with buying houses there and opening things up to a new market, a new income bracket, a new set of amenities. By the time a hipster appears in the neighbourhood, the gentrification process is well underway. If anything, the presence of cool, independent coffee shops staffed by white waiters with tattoos they can easily cover for a job interview signifies that a neighbourhood will soon reach its coolness peak. Many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends Start my day up on the roof There's nothing like this type of view Point the clicker at the tube I prefer expensive news New car, new girl New ice, new glass New watch, good times, baby It's good times, yeah She wash my back three times a day this shower head feels so amazing We'll both be high The help don't stare They just walk by They must don't care A million one, a million two A hundred more will never do Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce Many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. Real love. 
For batting practice, Adam and Annie thrashing, purchasing crappy grams with half the hand of cash you handed. Panic and patch me up, Pappy done latched us, toying with raggy hands and Mammy done had enough. Brash as fuck, reaching all these aqueducts. Don't believe us, treat us like we can't erupt. Yeah. We end our day up on the roof. I say I jump, I never do. But when I'm drunk, I act a fool. Talking about do their so wings until it suits. I'm on that ledge. She grabs my arm. She slaps my head. Cause good times get here. Just leave summer, slip a fall. The market's down like 60 stories. And some don't end the way they should. My silver spoon. Me good. A million won, a million cash Close my eyes and feel the crash Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms The maids come around too much Parents ain't around enough Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. They house tax raised up, gentrification on the rise. They like to pay up. It's no surprise when white folks be moving in, 'cause they got the money and time to pursue the trends. Same trends be the end of what's pure. Mom and pop store replaced by Couture. A Starbucks here and a Starbucks there. How much coffee you need? My God, it's unfair. They move away from the burbs to escape the monotony. Bring along with them they Pilates and pottery. 
classes and all that other fast shit My city don't look the same, what a shame, it's tragic Yeah, that shit is how crazy though Rockin' niggas movin' out the city out PG County and shit But it's all good, Max Johnson built us a new movie date and shit We got Bojangles, you know what I'm saying? All niggas welcome, all niggas to come, all niggas accepted Yeah Mo County got the niggas out there too. I heard niggas from the city is moving out to Mo County now. Section 8 relocating them to Germantown. Aspen Hill too, Rockville, Wheat, and Tom and Jane moving and Leroy leaving this. Something to see when the authenticity of a city is replaced by college kids and hostilityness. Urban decay making way for IKEAs. Luxury loss replacing what I see is a history loss. My mother used to eat at Ben's Chili Bowl when she was young and in love it on a date. And now I'm grown up and I grab a plate at the same place she used to congregate. And to me, that's safe. Grid, I can't fake shit. I don't need that cause of inflation. The whites came in. I used to get a chili dog with fries for five, but now I pay ten. They gotta pay rent, so now they raise the price. The youth street takeover, it's the greatest heist. A major makeover, and my people ain't included. We getting booted out the city like there's nothing to it. Uh, shit, wow, man. Heard the same shit going on up in, uh, up in Harlem. Going on over there in, uh, over there in Chicago, too, man. Shit crazy. And you know when Hurricane Katrina came through New Orleans, they was glad. Wash all the niggas out. Then they gonna help them, help them get their shit back together. Hell nah, man. This shit about to be ritzy down there. Hasidin. <laughs> Same shit going on down in Atlanta, too. Up in Philly. All the major cities, y'all. It means the world to me Knock it down, build flats, knock it down The first place I really felt home in London Knock it down, build flats, knock it down Now my life is in bags and my heart's on my sleeve Knock it down, build flats, knock it down Under so many memories I'd rather not leave Knock it down, build flats, knock it down When I moved here, the four aces club still stood proud Knock it down, build flats, knock it down And the vortex on Church Street was in with the crowd Knock it down, build flats, knock it down now the George is up next and my dear studio Knock it down, build flats, knock it down And Vogue says that Hackney's the in place to go Knock it down, build flats, knock it down Tesco's they're popping up like unwelcome weeds Knock it down, build flats, knock it down And they just put a pound on the price of a PD Knock it down, build flats, knock it down And the places we used to shoot, pool they've all gone Knock it down, build flats, knock it down 
While the prostitutes, pimps and drug dealers look on Knock it down, build flats, knock it down place it means the world to me knock it down build flats knock it down the first place i really felt home in london knock it down build flats knock it down knock it down build flats knock it down
of insulation kept the destruction of the surrounding streets to little more than an annoying noise that interfered with one's reading. The garden in the centre of the square was replanted. The trees, now we were in a smokeless zone, looked less sorry. The careening streams of after-school kids thinned. The front area was easier to keep clean. It was regarded as a small victory for conservation that the wall of the back garden was kept high, so that the tenants of the new council low-rise flats would not be able to watch the sunbathing Brahmins leafing through the New York Review of Books on their breakfast patios. number of different tactics for opposing gentrification. There's community organising. To counter the gentrification of their mixed populist communities, residents formally organised themselves to develop the necessary socio-political strategies required to retain local affordable housing. There's direct action and sabotage. When wealthy people move into low-income working-class neighbourhoods, the resulting class conflict sometimes involves vandalism and arson targeting the property of the gentrifiers. Inclusionary zoning is another tactic. The gentrification of a mixed-income community raises housing affordability to the fore of a community's politics. Cities, municipalities and counties have countered gentrification with inclusionary zoning or inclusionary housing ordinances requiring the apportionment of some new housing for the community's original low and moderate income residents. There are zoning ordinances. Zoning ordinances and other urban planning tools can be used to recognise and support local businesses and industries. This can include requiring developers to continue with a current commercial tenant or offering development incentives for keeping existing businesses, as well as creating and maintaining industrial zones. 
because land speculation tends to raise property values, removing real estate, houses, buildings, land, from the open market stabilises property values and thereby prevents the economic eviction of the community's poorer residents. The most common formal legal mechanism for such stability is the community land trust. Another method is rent control. In jurisdictions where local or national government has these powers, there may be rent control regulations. Rent control restricts the rent that can be charged, so that incumbent tenants are not forced out by rising rents. The dominating argument against gentrification lies in the moral obligation to inhibit the adverse effects the process can have on gentrified communities. Rebecca Solnit writes, Gentrification is just the fin above the water. Below is the rest of the shark. A new economy in which most of us will be poorer, a few will be far richer, and everything will be faster, more homogenous, and more controlled or controllable. Shut up.
rested, their place assured. The trees grow greener for them. They outlive cats, charladies, city tenants. They ride the tides of inflation and depression and mobility just as their parents did. Though they have loftier spirits than their parents, or more innocence. The square is not, and will not be, as real as it was. But it is coming to be a place of substance, which, on the economic scale of things, is perhaps more important. If the frontier spirit with which it was colonised is fading, it is being replaced by a sense of imminent history. It is growing a pedigree from scratch, as if the departed tenants have no more claim on it than the delivery drivers who take cars out to their new owners and put the clock back to zero. The tenants, temporary people in the words of the Lady Brahmin, will always be on the road somewhere, being passed by. Good home.